Well, this morning we are closing out our pop culture sermon series, Jesus Christ Pop Sensation. So we've been talking about the connections that are made between the stories of pop culture and the stories of our faith. We've looked at at movies and television and on uh, Facebook, if you've taken part in our pop culture pop-ins that we've had on our Facebook page, I've talked about other instances of of faith in in popular music as well. But this morning, we're going to make a little bit of a shift from movies and television to music to social media. Dun, 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 right? Everyone has their own thoughts and feelings about social media. Uh, But I believe there are some faith elements to be had and to be shared in social media. And so we're going to look at some popular memes. Do you know memes? Yes. M-E-M-E, memes, right? Okay. Um, I I had a friend uh, who English was his second language, and he loved to call them memes. Um, And I said Arturo. Um, And so, but we're looking at some popular memes. And these are called the, the Storytime Jesus memes, if you're familiar with those. So let's take a look at uh, the first one. Uh, so then I was like, Paul, why you got to hate on me, bro? And so then he's all like, I'm sorry, Jesus. And I was like, yeah, I forgive you, but I'm going to blind you first. <laughs> Maybe not exactly how scripture puts it, right? Um, but still, truth, yes, uh, Saul was going around, right, hating on all the Christians, on the followers of Jesus until he had his Damascus Road experience where he was blinded by the Spirit and then converted, right? Saul became Paul and became a a great evangelist for the faith. Um, So why you got to hate on me, bro? Why? All right, let's take a look at the next one. So I was chilling with my homies at the Last Supper, and I was like, bros, this food you're eating is my body. And they were all like, no way. And I was like, Yahweh. <laughs> right? right? You, you, you laugh, you roll your eyes, right? It's uh, uh, right there. But again, the truth of the story, just in a new way, in a different kind of language, a different way to speak the truth. Right? Let's take a look at one more. So then I was all like, mom, chill out. I'll be back in like three days, tops. (laughs) Love that one, right? Jesus speaking to Mary, it's okay, it's okay, I promise. It'll be fine, I'll be back. Now there are a lot of these story time Jesus memes. If you um, Google them, you will see a lot. I'm gonna go ahead and give you like a discretionary warning though, right? Anytime you Google anything, there's always that chance that it's not going to be church appropriate. So just be aware <laughs> that even the story time Jesus memes, people can take them and adapt them as they will. So be aware if you Google. Um, but here's this last meme. It's not a story time Jesus meme. But what if story time Jesus is just Christian's way of getting us to read the Bible? Hmm. Interesting. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> And that is right at the heart of this sermon series, uh, of the intersection of faith and pop culture, is how do we continue to tell the story of our faith 
in the world that we live in today? How can we take the elements of Christ, of his love, of his grace, of his mercy, of his forgiveness, of his salvation, and express that in a way that the people around us can hear it and can respond to it. Right? Like I said, with, with these memes, it's not like they're you know, falsifying the story. They're not changing the story. They're just speaking it in a different way. And I think we are called as the people of God to learn how to speak that story in new and different ways. For people to hear and for people to respond, to, to not just know the story, but to become a part of the story. Uh, for us, that means, first of all, that we have to know the story. <laughs> we have to know the story. We have to be able to tell the story. And often, even and especially for those of us who grew up in the church, it can be hard to tell the story, to that dreaded E word, evangelize. <laughs> because so often I'm afraid we may not be able to, to get to the heart of the story. Sure, we can recite the things that we've heard in, in Sunday school growing up. But are we truly able to get at the heart of the story in a way that, that tells people this is not just some tale, some fairy tale, but this is a true story that has changed my life, has transformed my life, a story that I'm now a part of and I want you to be a part of as well. It doesn't mean that we all tell the same story. We each put our own spin on it and make it our own. But it still points back to the heart of the Jesus story. After all, the gospel writers, they're all telling the same story, but with their own spin. Right, if you look at the Gospel of Matthew, his focus is on how Jesus fulfills all that was written in the Law and the Prophets, how Jesus is now the King of the Jews. And the way he tells the story is so that people understand that. Mark, the Gospel of Mark, takes a little bit of a, a turn and focuses on Jesus as the suffering servant. And Mark is told in a rush, Right? This happens, and then this, and then this, and then this. There's lots of action because Mark wants his hearers and his readers to, to be drawn in and to know all that Jesus did. The Gospel of John, well, is very different. But John focuses on, on the signs that Jesus performs, on the, on the sayings that Jesus has. In an attempt for people to know that Jesus is God. And as you hear about this Jesus, you begin to believe in this Jesus. 
The same story with a little different spin. This morning, we're going to look to the Gospel of Luke. And Luke is one of the more educational Gospels, trying to tell people everything it possibly can about Jesus' life and about his ministry. But the crux of the Gospel of Luke, what it all hinges from, is a moment that comes after Jesus is baptized and goes into the wilderness where he is tempted, and then as he comes out of that place, he goes home to Nazareth, and he speaks to the people in the temple. We're reading from Luke chapter 4, beginning with the 14th verse. Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. He taught in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. Jesus went to Nazareth, where he had been raised. On the Sabbath, he went to the synagogue as he normally did and stood up to read. The synagogue assistant gave him the scroll from the prophet Isaiah. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the prisoners, and recovery of sight to the blind, to liberate the oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the synagogue assistant, and sat down. Every eye in the synagogue was fixed on him. He began to explain to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled just as you heard it. So Jesus comes into the synagogue, the synagogue where he grew up, where people know him, right? If you go on to read in the chapters, people are saying, Isn't that Joseph's son, the carpenter? Yeah. But he comes into that place and he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And it is upon me so that I can do these things. Proclaim good news to the poor. Recovery of sight to the blind. Release for the captives. And the year of the Lord's favor. Luke puts this right here because he says, this is the story that I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you the story about a man who came. A man who came and had the power of the Spirit. A man who came and said, I have good news. Even for those of you who have never heard good news. I'm going to tell you the story of a man who came to set us free from all that would seek to tie us down. I'm going to tell you the story of a man who came to heal, to give sight to the blind, to, to make the lame to walk I'm going to tell you the story of a man who not just healed people's eyes physically, but opened all of our eyes 
to the ways God was at work in this place. I'm going to tell you the story of a man who proclaimed the year of the Lord's favor. And not just, not just that jubilee that was spoken of in the Old Testament where, where debts were forgiven and land was restored, but a true jubilee where all of our sins are forgiven and all of our lives are redeemed and restored. That's the story I'm going to tell you. And so he does. Right? We go on to hear all these accounts of the things that Jesus did, of the ways Jesus loved, of the way Jesus healed, of the ways Jesus spoke truth and grace. And we shouldn't be surprised by it because here now in that place, Jesus said, I'm not only telling you the story, I'm not only telling you about the word of God, but today it has been fulfilled. Today, here, now, I am doing what God has said will come to pass. I am here now, Jesus says, to tell you that the word of God is not dull or dead, but it is alive in this place. It is active in your lives. Yes, I want to tell you a story, but not just so that you hear it, so you can be a part of it and live it. Because that is what Jesus does. Right? Invites us into the story so that the Spirit of God is not just upon him, but as Alex prayed just a moment ago, the spirit of the Lord is upon all of us to be a part of the story. This weekend, our church leaders had an opportunity to, to gather. On Friday night and on Saturday morning, over 40 folks who are serving on various committees here at East Cobb came together to discern our mission, to figure out what our story is. We structured the weekend in a way that allowed us a chance to, to grieve, to grieve what has been lost in our church and recognizing that we're not the same church we were five years ago, 10 years ago, 30 years ago. And that's okay, but we needed the time and the space to name that and to grieve that. We then took time to, to celebrate how we have been the church over this past year. The amazing ways we have gathered as God's people, the ways that we have grown in faith, love, and joy, and the ways that we have gone to be in mission to the world. Then we were able to take an honest look at, at ourselves and, and to actually do an assessment 
of where we stand at the church. What are our strengths, our current strengths, and what are our future strengths? We weren't about naming weaknesses, right? We're naming strengths and future strengths. And then finally, at the close of the morning on Saturday, we dreamed together. We had post-its and pins that were just flying as we named different ways that we can be the church, different ways that we can tell our story in a way that joins the story of Jesus. We framed it in a way that, that followed our mission as a church. Do you know what that is, those three G's for our church? They are to gather, grow, and go. That's who we have said we are going to be. We are going to gather to embrace God and all people. We are going to grow in faith, love, and joy. And then we are going to go to serve and share Jesus. And so as we dreamed together, we said, how will we tell that story? And we came up with some concrete ways to do that. And I'm going to share them with you this morning, just kind of high level. But know that we are going to be digging into these over the next year, over the next three years. That as we gather, we are going to dig into worship. That worship we named as a strength of our church, and so we want to continue to build that strength up, specifically focusing on, on what we call shepherding visitation, right? How we, we greet one another, how we are in community with one another, whether you've been here 50 years or five minutes, how are we a community together that gathers we named the, the importance of, of groups, of finding those relationship groups where we can grow together. And there will be a focus on that, on expanding the groups that we have and really on creating new groups so that everyone finds a place to grow. And finally, we know that we are a mission-focused Church, And so we want to hone in on that mission, to focus in on what it is we do so well so that we can make a greater impact in our community. We did this this weekend, and I'm so thankful, y'all, for the people that took their Friday night and their Saturday morning. There's a lot that you could be doing there's a lot that you had to say no to to be there. But the passion and the desire to tell the story of East Cobb United Methodist. To say, just as Jesus has said, this is not just a story that we're telling, but a story that we are living. And today, today it is being fulfilled before your eyes. This is the story that we are telling. Not because we want to puff ourselves up and be able to go out into the community and say, let me tell you the story about my church and how awesome it is, which is good. But to say, let me tell you this story about my church because how awesome Jesus is. 
and how the Spirit is moving in this place. And how we are joining with this greater story of proclaiming good news to the poor, of recovery of sight to the blind, of release for the captives, of proclaiming the year of the Lord's favor. That is the story of Jesus, and that is our story as well. So the challenge for us is to embrace the story and to learn how to tell it so the world will hear and the world will respond.